and welcome to the Rare Disease Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Apana Krishnan. Every week, we at Partners for Access discuss the major news developments impacting the rare disease and cell and gene therapy industry and what they mean for you. It's been over two months since Novartis's highly publicized gene therapy for spinal muscular atrophy, Solgensma, was approved in the U.S., and today we are looking at how the product has been received by US health insurers since that approval. We have Max Rex, our US expert, who's here to tell us more. Well, although it's still early days, a number of health insurers have published policies on the coverage of Zolgensma. Analysts from the investment firm Bernstein earlier in the month stated that 11 of the 30 major U.S. insurers had published policies already. However, a number of these insurers had implemented quite severe restrictions on the patient populations, further than that of the FDA label. According to these reports, Bernstein analysts believe that, quote, the restriction reflects unexpected and material payer resistance to the Zolgensma price point and also suggests that even if Novartis produce more data for the product, quote, payers will only grudgingly expand coverage and penetration into the broader population. So, what are these restrictions? There have been a variety of different restrictions put in place by different insurers. The FDA label for Zolgensma is for the treatment of patients under the age of two with any type of spinal muscular atrophy as long as they have a mutation in the SM1 gene. For instance, Anthem, one of the biggest insurers in the US, have decreased the maximum age of patients from two years to six months. Another example is Horizon Blue Cross, who are not covering Zolgensma for any patients who have previously been treated with Spinraza. Four other insurers and not covering any pre-symptomatic patients. Anthem, one of the largest insurers in the US, have decreased the maximum age of patients from two years old to six months old. As well as this, they have stipulated that children must be showing symptoms before they are treated, and they must have two copies of the related gene SMN2, which produces a uh, sort of less effective version of the SMN protein. So why have they introduced these restrictions? They believe that these restrictions more closely align with the clinical development of Zolgensma, and they believe that there isn't strong enough evidence to support the wider FDA label. Do other insurers share this view of Anthem? Yes, so other insurers have various other restrictions in place. Horizon Blue Cross is not covering Zolgensma in any patients previously treated with Spinraza, and four of the other insurers are also not covering any pre-symptomatic patients. So you mentioned some of the rationale behind implementing these restrictions. Is there anything else that is forcing US insurers to restrict this therapy? So, in short, it's the price. The price of Zolgensma is unlike anything we've ever seen in the US. 
costing $2.1 million. This is truly an unprecedented price point, even for gene therapies. If you compare this to the other approved gene therapy in the US, Luxterna, that was priced at around $850,000 per patient. So as you, as you can tell, this is in another ballpark. So for insurers, this represents quite the budget hit. Although SMA is a rare disease, there are still roughly 500 patients born per year in the US with this condition. And so taking into account the price and this number of patients, you can tell that this is going to have quite a large impact on budgets of these insurers. Other reasons include the presence of another high price and relatively effective treatment for SMA in Spinraza, which is covered by a number of these insurers already. And as I mentioned before, doubts over the long-term safety and efficacy of Zolgensma, which will generally be there for any new gene therapy. Any gene therapy that claims to be curative, it's very hard to show that in a short clinical trial. So what do you expect Novartis to to do in response to these restrictions? How are they looking to mitigate these? Well, at the moment, it doesn't appear that they're too worried by this. In Novartis's second quarter financial update to investors held in the last couple of days, there was significant focus on Zolgensma over any other part of their pipeline. Novartis provided slightly updated information on the coverage, uh, saying that now 20 major insurers had published policies on the coverage, and that corresponded to roughly 40% of all commercial patients in the US who would be eligible for Zolgensma. Additionally, they announced that four state Medicaid plans have also published policies on coverage. They're also fairly confident that at the moment, patients on plans where the drug is not covered are able to be treated through medical exemptions. One aspect of their plan to reassure payers and ease the transition to covering Zolgensma was that they announced before they achieved FDA approval a annuity-based payment program that would split the cost of Zolgensma over five years. These schemes would involve payers paying $425,000 up front, followed by additional payments of $425,000 for the next four years based on the achievement of pre-specified clinical outcomes. However, although they announced this ahead of time, so far none of these agreements have been reached with insurers. So far, all coverage policies have Zolgensma reimbursed in the traditional way. However, 17 of the insurers have signed letters of intent on contracting terms for the future. Novartis see these sorts of schemes as key for the future of Zolgensma, not only in the US, but also in other countries, especially in Europe, given the more cost-effective and budget impact focus of the HTA bodies there. So how are Zolgensma's competitors reacting to these developments, especially... Uh, direct competitor, Biogen, Spinraza. So obviously 
Spinraza is a huge drug that achieves massive sales every year. Um, it's been around for a few years now and is similarly extremely expensive. Part of the appeal of Zolgensma is, although it is extremely expensive up front, Spinraza incurs a cost of over $300,000 every year for as long as the patient is treated. Spinraza initially had some difficulties, not only in the US but in Europe, achieving reimbursement. Um, And that is because the extremely high price and similar to Zolgensma, limited long-term data and only having data in some of the most severe patients. But recently, Spinraza has been having more and more good news. As we talked about a few weeks ago, they achieved reimbursement in England following negotiations with NHS England on a managed access agreement. And in the last few weeks, Biogen published new data for Spinraza showing extremely good long-term efficacy. This latest data from the Nurture study showed that in 25 pre-symptomatic SMA patients, that after up to 45.1 months of treatment, 100% are alive and without the need for ventilator support. So of these patients, 88% were walking independently, with many of these patients doing so in the standard time frame for toddlers. So this, this data is unprecedented for SMA patients to see this sort of normal development, given how severe the disease is. So this is huge news for Spinraza, for Biogen, and the SMA community. So all of this goes to show that Spinraza is a genuine threat to Zolgensma, and that Novartis cannot rest on their laurels and assume that they will dominate the SMA treatment landscape. Novartis are currently undertaking extension studies to bolster their evidence base in the hopes that this could assuage some of the fears that insurers have about the data quality. Regardless, Spinraza will still be a dominant force in the SMA treatment landscape in the short term, but the long term, who knows? Max Rex, thank you. Thanks, Aparna. And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, do visit our website www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We welcome your feedback. Thanks for listening. See you next week.